Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast. We are your hosts, Alexa and Sydney, and we are so excited to have you here with us today. Get ready to connect to your soul and start healing within. Today, our guest is Lisa Matthews. Lisa supports highly sensitive people who are building a spacious, calm, and intuitively led life while learning to deeply care for their sensitive nature. She's a registered cranial sacral therapist, a flower essence practitioner, and regularly holds circles and online workshops. Lisa has been in the healing arts for over a decade with a background as a registered nurse, and she is also the host of the Highly Sensitive Soul podcast. Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super happy to be here. I think we're going to have a really fun chat. Thanks for having me. I think so too. And I obviously saw you a couple of years ago for some craniosacral therapy, which really, really helped me. And it's definitely something that I've been interested in exploring lately. And I also have a background as a registered nurse. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey as well? For sure. And for those listening that have never heard of the majority of what I do in terms of the craniosacral therapy, highly sensitive people, flower essences, that's okay. We're going to break that down a little bit Uh, because before I started this journey, I had no idea what any of that was. But as with many of us that end up in alternative medicine, it's often a call from our own body, our own soul, and often involves a pretty deep journey into health or the lack thereof, as I had experienced. So I was a classic perfectionist, a classic overdoer. I already had a plan to transition out of nursing and my my plan to get out of it, uh, as much as nursing is a wonderful profession, I knew it didn't suit my sensitive nature. So I had this grand plan and that basically ended up with me doing a year where I worked in two different hospitals. I was taking my post-grad in emergency nursing out here, and I was also taking the first year of my alternative medicine studies. So I started in osteopathic world. Long story short, my nervous system kind of called me on that and said, that is entirely too much for one year. So while, sure, I got, got great marks, I passed everything with flying colors, Uh, the bottom fell out pretty, pretty incredibly at the end of that year. And on both a physical level. So I, it started with kind of niggling knee pain that progressed over a number of months and a lot of frustration through the, going through the mainstream channels, not seeing much improvement. And then I had a full on physical breakdown where at one point I wasn't able to walk, which was pretty intense for a while. And then I say I had my mental breakdown, which because our physical, our mental, our spiritual are so interconnected, now it makes sense. But at the time I was like, seriously, this is a lot to happen all at once. So yeah, that was actually a big part of my spiritual awakening. And wonder of wonders, it was my general practitioner that really started me on my path to becoming a very alternative medicine practitioner. Because she said, you know, I know you've been through all this, this stuff, a lot has happened. And at this point, I'd probably been off work for nearly a year on medical leave at that point. She said, I think you're actually walking through something called a spiritual emergency. 
never heard the term brand new to me, but kind of, you know, logically thinking it out. I'm like, all right, something to do with spiritual and things falling apart or crisis. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I started exploring that more and I'd already started exploring alternative wellness in a wider scope at that point. I say I was a skeptical yet open person. So I really dove into a lot of different alternative um, options and through it all, through finding out that I wasn't broken and that I wasn't completely too sensitive. I'm saying that with quotes to live a wonderful, full life and a healthy life. I started to realize that there is a different path for me than the one I was living and made a lot of changes in life retrained more fully the original alternative medicine path was still pretty mainstream accepted so I went a little bit further out there and essentially that year where the bottom really fell out that was my foundation to really being called into different ways of thinking about our bodies our health our journeys to wellness and that there is no linear path to it so Hopefully that makes sense uh, as, <laughs> well, in a way, a snapshot of how I ended up to where I am today, many, many years later. And yeah, I just say that those experiences taught me more than any, any book, any training ever did. So I'm very thankful for them as challenging as they were. Wow. Actually, now that I'm hearing your story, I feel like mine is like, it's different, but a little bit similar. Like even last March, I kind of had this mental breakdown and then I injured my knee and I'm still dealing with this like crippling knee injury that hasn't really been able to just resolve, I guess. And so that's why I've been exploring a lot of the energy treatments and I have noticed it has been getting better. And then that was followed by going back into nursing, like my return to work and ending up back on medical leave and I think I really needed to sit down with myself and realize that like nursing isn't something that was going to make me happy anymore. And I think I have also been put on this path as well through, you know, my loss and my grief and everything that Mm -hmm. maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing is something completely different than what I thought, you know, six years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Has a way of getting our attention. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, pretty loudly. Wow. Okay. But yeah, when you're telling that, I was like, this sounds kind of similar to mine in a way, which is weird, but cool. Anyways, so for people who don't know about craniosacral and how that works, do you mind just giving a little brief summary of what that is? And then we'll get into the flower essences part of the conversation. Sure. Yeah, happy to. Craniosacral is a blend of body work and energy healing. So sometimes it's easier to picture what actually happens in a a session. So a person would come, we would have a discussion on what's going on, what are their intentions for the session and intentions for their health. And then they'd lie down on a table, much like a massage table. But though my hands are in physical contact with the person, I'm not kneading uh, muscles, I'm not manipulating tissues, What I'm doing is getting in touch with that person's nervous system, their whole body, and really seeing where it's actually going well. Where is the health already? How can we expand on that? How can I support that person where they're, you know, that we all have areas of tension and challenge? How can we 
having a relationship to those. Mm -hmm. I really like that cranial sacral. It's, it's very founded on, yes, finding the health in the person. There's a great quote by A.T. Still who founded osteopathy. Cranial sacral comes from osteopathy. And he says, anyone can find the disease, but few can find the health, which I really like along those, along those lines of quote off the top of my head. <laughs> so most people find it quite relaxing and I'm waiting for their body to show me the order and the way in which to work with them. So we call this the inherent treatment plan. So it's like their body has a lot of wisdom and a plan and I got to tap in and listen to that. So I'm really doing a lot of deep listening through my senses, my awareness, my energetic level, and we're following the anatomy as well. So sometimes we'll, we'll work energetically with the liver, with the spine and see what shows up. So while it's craniosacral is the term which speaks to the head and a bone in the pelvis, it is in my training at least very whole body. And I find it really nourishing, especially given that uh, many people that seek out more alternative approaches tend to be exploring something from, oh, they've often tried the mainstream ways. Mainstream was wonderful, but we tend to start looking outside the box. So I find it really helpful for those that are, are quite sensitive to the world as well. Mm -hmm. Highly sensitive and the fact of sensitive to our emotions, to bright lights, to being overstimulated. So I do a lot of work with highly sensitive people being that I am one myself. And I obviously saw you and I was, I feel like highly sensitive at the time as well. After all the trauma and everything I went through, my naturopath actually referred me to you because she wanted me to do acupuncture, but I'm kind of terrified of needles. Um, and I eventually did end up trying acupuncture and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it was definitely a good start to like feel that energy moving through your body and like feeling more relaxed at the end of the, the session and releasing, you know, the trauma that's stored. And so um, I know that we're wanting to focus on and learn more about some of the work you do with flower essences. Would you be able to um, explain more about that? What they are? How do you take them? Do you incorporate, incorporate that into your craniosacral sessions? How does all that work? Yeah, definitely. So flower essences, they are they're such a fun, a fun way to connect with plants. So Essentially, they are, they contain the imprinted energy of a flower in water. So they come in uh, from, well, me, I put them in a one ounce, most people do. If you picture a one ounce bottle, a small dropper bottle within that liquid, the signature of the plant, if you will. So borrowing from and inspired by the founder of Lotus Way, Flower Essences, I loved her explanation of this, so brought it in a few times. But if that doesn't make sense, you're like, great, imprinted energy of a flower in water or the signature. An analogy that I really like, metaphor, I don't know what you'd say. But if you think of and picture in your mind, a whole field of sunflowers. Like, I'm now thinking of driving by just fields upon fields of sunflowers. And like, they are tall, they're upright. There's usually the variety, but there's often one huge flower head and they're pretty like loud and proud. They're a great example of really stepping into the confidence and self-esteem layers and compare that idea to say lavender. 
and thinking of how even just my, many of us have an experience with lavender that it's such a soothing even just to look at is the soothing subtle plant and I find flower essences really support our inner healing and support our mind-body connection. So they help us become aware of our thoughts and our emotions and how these are impacting our everyday life. So they're very centered on the soul and their soul growth throughout our path in life. When we're using them, we generally take them from this one ounce dropper bottle that I just described, which is a mix of water, usually brandy as a preservative, and then flower essences themselves. You take a few drops of that a few times throughout the day, typically four drops four times a day, but I always say to use your intuition. If I'm starting a new blend, sometimes I'm like every hour <laughs> taking some because this is an energetic medicine. It's like within this, within these drops, there is a pattern that we're taking. And so with lavender flower essence, many of us, as we just touched on, would know this plant. But like one of my teachers would say, it's like an octave up from say the essential oil on an energetic level. So it can be very soothing to our thoughts and very soothing to our mind and bring that sense of, of settling down, especially if we have a lot going on upstairs. So people can use them yeah, by mouth. You can use them on the skin. I like to, especially if people are struggling with tension or struggling with slowing down in their lives to make a just a small ritual where they put the drops on their hands and then they bring their hands very just consciously and gently to wherever they have any tension or discomfort. If you think of listening to a beautiful piece of music or seeing art and how that just moves you somehow, that's the kind of plane that these are, are working on within us. I'm really interested to hear how you've learned about flower essences because I know I've never heard of it before Sydney um, let me know that that was something that you did and I looked at your website and it explains it um, but it's not something that I've ever come across before was it something that you tried in your healing journey and then it stuck? It's a funny story actually <laughs> uh, Remember how I was saying before that I was a bit of an open-minded skeptic at the start of all this? <laughs> I had been referred to this particular practitioner, an osteopath, by numerous people. And they're like, he just gets this kind of, you know, when things aren't resolving, like he's really good at that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I checked out his website and he said, this was the first time I'd ever heard of flower essences. It's like, I don't know. I'm not sure that energetic plant medicine that affects my thoughts and emotions. Huh? I don't know. So I actually didn't go to see him for quite some time. And then eventually I was like, all right, let me try this out. And I had the weirdest and yet also wonderful experience there where I was on the table in the first session and he, I could feel him he was trying to do a technique is what it felt like this particular technique on my sacrum and because I'd had a few years of training in osteopathic world I was like oh I think he's trying to do this but my pelvis was not moving nothing was changing so I'm like okay that's fine and he asked he's like can I just use some flower essences so sure I'm here let's try this so he puts a few drops of the essences on his hand and at this point I don't really know what they are and then he just goes right back to the technique he was doing 
And it was like my whole pelvis just softened. I had such a physical response to it, even though this isn't a physical medicine. I just kind of had this moment of what just happened. Like it was such a, it sounds in some ways kind of, okay, yeah, shift happened. It's a session. You expect shifts to happen. But it was such a clear before and after that I felt this sense of ease and relaxation in my pelvis. Traditionally, an area I've held a lot of tension in before doing a lot of work. So I was like, what is this? Where do I get more? How do I start? <laughs> and that led to a few years of just working with them personally, just experimenting, trying out different formulas and just yeah, working on my own with them. And then I actually felt really called, even though the timing was terrible, but I felt really called to go down to California, train with these wonderful, wonderful people, uh, Richard Katz and Patricia Kaminsky, some of the world leaders in flower essence therapy and creating flower essences. Yeah, the timing was not ideal, but there was something that's like, you got to go like this year. So, okay, you know, throw it on my credit card. Let's make it happen. I just moved. I was restarting my practice and like moved many, many hundreds of kilometers. And I went down there and had such a deepening of knowledge. And they are just 70-year-old plus dynamos that are so amazing to learn from. And that was a big shift into stepping into more of the practitioner role. Even more deeply, I'd been bringing it in on cranial sessions. I think Sydney actually asked how I would bring it in on cranial. Sometimes I will bring them on my hands, just like that first practitioner did, and they can be really helpful. But thankfully, I was listening to my intuition more at this stage in my life. It was a big part of uh, living an intuitively led life because the next year that um, was the beginning of COVID, and they haven't held the course since, and I don't know if they ever will. I hope they do because it's a wonderful training, but then it made a lot more sense of why I just had to go that year. So yeah, it's been a, a journey and encourage anyone that's curious, just there's something you can self-select as well. Maybe we can get into how people choose essences, but yeah, they're great to work with a practitioner who can reflect back some, some of the patterns they're seeing, but they are very much an empowering way of starting to work with your own awareness and to work with your own just connection to the plants. So they're a lot of fun. Definitely. And that's so like, just so important that you do listen to that little like nudge that you're getting to go follow your intuition and take, like you say, the training or the do the thing, right? Go do yeah. the thing that you're being led to do because there's a reason that it's there. <laughs> and that's so great that you were able to take that training because it's really really important work that you do in helping people heal through these different modalities. It's actually the core of the name of my business of combination heal, but I'm one of many that are working together. So in this case, working with the plants and working with that person and their own spiritual guidance and spiritual guides, the combination of us helps them move towards healing. So no, yes, I had been working with them in a smaller part of my practice for a year and a half prior to going they are now yeah a pretty foundational part of of working with people and plants so it's really fun and they're I should probably add the obvious they're really quite different from essential oils because that's the first question I get those are really highly concentrated wonderful to work with as well highly concentrated plant material so if you picture a spectrum that would be one end of the spectrum on the other end that purely energetic medicine 
there's essentially no physical plant material if that's where flower essence is land. And they work with our then energetic layers of our body. And I probably bring in that important, most commonly asked question I get. And I'm assuming you make them yourself then. Um, do you go out into like, and just pick these flowers yourself to make them? Or like, how does that whole process work? Every time I make flower essences feels like this incredible spiritual connections with the plants, with the area that they are growing in. And sometimes it will be years before I actually will make an essence. And I just need that much time to watch the plant, connect with the plant, get a feel for the plant and get the permission feeling of like, okay, here we are. And I work with the ones I've made myself from the local area here in the Kootenays, I'm in Rosland. And I work with ones, well, made some on the Gulf Islands, on the coast. And I also work with the Bach remedies. Some people will have taken, uh, often comes in a yellow bottle. They'll often have taken rescue remedy and they don't realize that's flower essences. And there's literally hundreds <laughs> more to work with. And yeah, I work with the flower essence services and Alaskan essences. So quite a number. So um, how many do you keep on hand then in your practice for clients? I've got over a hundred right now that I work with. So that, that is sometimes the work is narrowing down and getting really clear on what's actually going on. And so when you're selecting those, is it like, obviously it's partially energetic and then it's probably also partially intuitive on your end to know what your clients are in need of? There's a blend of things. You've definitely named and nailed two of them that there's that intuitive piece. And there's also patterns that these flower essences all work with. So one of them, and I have a lot of people that I work with on overwhelm because it is such, especially again, the highly sensitive person, uh, the world isn't designed for the often slower pace we would love to live in. So when I'm working with someone, they say, I'm really overwhelmed, I'm really anxious. To me, that's the umbrella. And I'm like, okay, what kind of overwhelm are we navigating here? And as an example, one of the essences that I work with is called white chestnut. This is one of the Bach remedies. Really, really beautiful tree, by the way. And when I'm selecting for someone, I'm listening for their words and I'm listening for them to essentially tell me which ones they need, even if they won't name them by name, they'll name them by pattern. So white chestnut, if someone's saying, I just keep thinking about the same thing and it's looping in my mind, it's really classically used in cases of insomnia. And there's all these little worries mean that I just can't get to sleep or that I just see, feel like I'm stuck on the merry-go-round with the same circling thoughts. So right away, I'd be like, all right, I keep a long list and we narrow down over a consultation. I'd be jotting down white chestnut. And I often check with the clients. Okay, this is what's shown up. And some of them, it's like, as soon as I start saying the plant or the pattern, I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> there's something about the feel of it, or they won't resonate with it. But by and large, we generally land on ones that feel really resonant. And people, I feel really honored when I hear this, they say, I feel really seen. Because these patterns that the remedies work with, they are common in so many of us. We often have, like who here hasn't had a circling thought? <laughs> and, and so the positive quality it can help to bring in to this person's taking them a few drops at a time, say four drops, four times a day. I often pair them with other awareness practices. 
but the positive quality they can help to bring in is a tranquil disposition, a spacious mental state that transcends these personal or smaller worries that aren't as important. And from a personal side, when I took this, I used to be really, really good about keeping a journal. I'm not as good at it now because working with them for a while, but I should get back into it more. But I used to keep a journal when I started new essence. And this is one where I kind of brought myself into a settled state of noticing how I felt. My mind wasn't quiet, but I was just switching the screen from looking out to looking in. And I took the essence, the white chestnut, and the image in my mind was of still water with just one drop in it. And intuitively that helped me understand in that moment that that symbolism made sense to me that, oh, this, the white chestnut's helping me to have one simple, clear thought instead of a, imagine raindrops on the surface. There's bounce, or there's all of those uh, drops kind of bouncing into each other. So also I like to add in, it's really important to, yes, work with the energetic layers, but if we need to add in other supports, by all means, we are often looking for like the magic bullet. And I'm like, great, but <laughs> let's actually quite a masculine way of looking at healing. Like, let's look back to connection and collaboration. So sometimes these are one piece of the puzzle. And I like to bring in nervous system tools, spiritual practices to support the flower senses to work even stronger. So hopefully that paints a bit more of a picture of, yeah, how they're chosen and a little bit more in white chestnuts. I wanted to bring that one in. Is that like your go-to essence for anxiety and overwhelm or are there some other ones? I know it kind of depends on the person as well, but what's like the gold standard, I guess, for anxiety in the flower essence world? Yeah, there's a lot of people will automatically go to, I'll say the lavender, like I've mentioned, which is lovely. Um, I kind of think of there as and again, we've already kind of named that it depends on the other, the flavor, what kind of flavor does this show up for them? I find cedar is one that has been incredibly helpful. Full disclosure, this is more a plant essence than a flower essence. Long story short, it was made fully with all the flowering parts, uh, but with many parts of the tree. And this is actually one of the first ones I ever made. And it's one I come back to again and again and again, and have people requesting again and again. And think of a cedar tree. Like picture that in your mind, how does that make, even just in that few moments, how does that even make a person feel? Uh, I find it's quite helpful for grounding, especially and moving energy downwards in a gentle way. Just as soon as you said cedar, I just pictured like this huge, tall, old growth cedar and like the being in the vicinity of that is just so grounding. So to that makes complete sense that that would be such a grounding essence to have with you and to have to be um, putting into your field. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that in. Thanks for sharing. I feel like I feel calmer even since you said that. I'm like, I feel grounded. (laughs) (laughs) Just Just talking about (laughs) <laughs> inviting exactly inviting it into the, the field and our power the power of our, our thoughts is huge mm-hmm. and cedar's one yeah as, as you can name and even yeah, as we're talking I do feel this sense of like huh. <laughs> there's a settling of just the field overall and 
I feel like with this, it's kind of like coming up for air if you've been underwater stuck in that whirlwind of emotion. And it can feel like, oh, okay, I can, I can breathe again. Cedars are very, very wise, very, very wise tree. Mm -hmm. So, and so many indigenous peoples have worked with cedar in so many different ways. So I have a lot of respect for all plants and cedars one I've worked with for a long time and have a huge love for. So cedar comes up. I'll name two others while we're on this, on this topic. Yeah. People are listening and curious, like, okay, how do I practically get started? So another is elm. You might notice this theme of trees. They're not all trees, but this theme of a lot of trees coming in around the easing, overwhelm and soothing anxiety piece. But ALM is for when you feel overwhelmed by say work or personal life and feel like there's just no way you can get it all done. So this can be say starting a new project, launching a new business, a new mom that has this beautiful being to care for. It can just hit you and you're, <laughs> I felt this be like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I do this all? So there's that overwhelm by having this massive amount of, of responsibility show up. And so what it can help to do is to bring about the sense of faith in ourself and confidence that we actually can do this thing uh, the ability to shoulder our tasks effectively. And as an example for me personally, I find Elm reminds me, where am I forgetting to ask for help? Yeah, I remember one time I was actually pushing myself, saying, okay, can I add a little bit more into life here? Mm -hmm. And I got halfway through the week and I'm like, nope, added a little too much, overcommitted a little too much. So I took some Elm and my very first thought was, oh, I'll just ask my partner to make dinner and cover that side of the house. And then I can just focus on the task at hand and do one thing at a time. Right. So, like you to zoom in on the things that you totally ask for help with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So there's a few different yeah, types of, of overwhelm there and ways flower essences can be helpful. Sometimes they are helpful in the moment. I know I'm fairly attuned to them because I've worked with them quite deeply. So some people can have this experience right off the bat they'll take an essence and feel that shift right away often it's a little more subtle often it takes a few days or weeks of using it to start to really see the benefits come out so to bring that layer in but last i really want to bring in pink yarrow do you know yarrow flower we, we get lots of yarrow that grows here yeah i love yarrow it's so pretty yeah yeah and, and it has such a great doctrine of signatures, which comes from herbalism. When discovering how best to use an essence, there's a number of different ways to, number of different things to look at. And one of them is how does the plant basically show you? And it is great for sensitives, great for those, especially that tend to absorb other people's stuff. So I see a lot of people uh, that identify as an empath as well. So those that tend to be overly sympathetic in a way, sympathy and compassion are wonderful traits, but when it becomes a little too far down the spectrum and we kind of lose our center and merge with others. So pink yarrow can help to maintain our own boundaries in a gentle way so that it can help knit the aura together again. It's the plant sensitivity. It has all of these tiny little, I think of them as their feathery leaves, 
but there's so many essences I could bring in here, but yeah, I'm going to land with those four white chestnut elms here, pink yarrow. Um, I have a blend, the centered calm blend, which has most of these in. And obviously that's why I made uh, a blend of them because I find it really helpful to help us find our center. And when you're giving these to people, um, I guess it's like a prescription or whatever. Um, would you recommend um, taking it orally versus on the skin, like topically, or like, do they work better when taken orally, vice versa? Or how does that, like the effectiveness of them work in that regard? Yeah, that's a great question. And I definitely have the most experience in terms of working with people by taking it orally. Mm -hmm. I know it has definite effects working on the skin. I have one client right now I'm thinking of that she almost exclusively uses them topically. Mm -hmm. So this is where I get to bring in that person's, what they're drawn to, their intuitive sense. Like actually, I'd really love to just put these essences on my hand and bring them to my heart. So they're getting in our field either way. We're absorbing it through our skin. But I find, especially when we take them by mouth too, we're kind of, okay, this is what's happening. We're in that moment and having a present moment connection with, with the plants, which of course happens topically. So say, yeah, I don't know of any studies that have, you know, this or that over effectiveness, mm -hmm. but I do really, yeah, I love both ways with the primary being um, through, through the mouth. And I, you use the word prescription. I thought I'll add in. I say I co-create the blend yeah. with me, the plants, the person. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine like some of them probably have a pretty strange taste. So I think that's why I was asking. Um, oh, you know what I super mean? good question. They basically taste like brandy. <laughs> they don't. That's the first thing people, I sometimes will bring my blends and essences to local markets. And it's actually really sweet because people kind of kind of tiptoe over and they'll pick up a bottle and they'll open it up and they'll kind of like gently sniff <laughs> thinking that's their essential oils. And 99% of the time it is going to smell just like brandy. And the other times I cannot explain why, but some people can smell. Uh, I've only had this happen once in a session. Where I'm like, oh my goodness. I can like, you can smell. There's a floral smell to it. So that was a really strange and mystical and wonderful moment because we're down to essentially the, the energetics of the plant. They're made by an infusion, usually by the sun. So you have a bowl, the mechanics of it's easy, the deeper connection with the plants working out, okay, how does this plant want to be used is another layer, but essentially they're like making a sun tea. So having a bowl, if you have really clean stream water that you know is safe to use, using that water that grows near the plant. And then carefully after asking permission from the plant, having the blooms right on top at the height of their potency. They're actually left on the water anywhere from three to six hours. And the sun is infusing that plant signature into the water. So it's said to be that plant's life force that we're actually taking as opposed to the physical plant through say herbalism, also a wonderful branch of plant medicine, but this is much more life force level, which I think is pretty fantastic. Yeah. So people could like, if you're feeling drawn to a plant, you could even perhaps try that yourself. Yeah. 
definitely. Yeah, I actually taught a course last year and it was all about making flower essences at home and learning how to attune to the plants a little bit more and obviously having a group to share those experiences in is really quite fun but anyone can make flower essences this is not some you have to go through these 10 million trainings like this is a way to connect with nature and it is a really wonderful way of connecting with plants there's a dilution process and a potentization process but if you know that plant is edible say from um like it's not a poisonous plant. If you know that you can make a tea out of it or if that you could eat it, then like, like give it a try. You can work with poisonous flowers, but I generally say start with, start with the ones that are edible. <laughs> Safety first. It's a little, yeah, you really want to make sure you dilute properly when you're working with poisonous, but it's a pretty magical experience to make flower essences. So I always encourage people, give it a try. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I just have to ask, so I had this dream a couple months back and I don't usually remember my dreams. And if I do, I definitely don't remember like words from them. And this is just bringing it back into my mind um, as we're talking about plants. And the two words that I remember in that dream were bergamot and rose. And so I don't know if you oh. bergamot at all, but the rose when I, when I got that, I was like, I don't even like the smell of rose. I, I can't go buy an essential oil or something. So I'm thinking maybe this would be a good way to incorporate that into my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rose would be a wonderful plant to work with. And often it's fairly plentiful. There are other ways of making it. If it's a very rare plant, I don't actually have bergamot that I work with now. I, that's one of the few oils that I work with. Interestingly enough, yeah. it's lovely lovely oil lovely. but I think that'd be a fantastic way to and connect with rose on your end like knowing so much about the plants what are the energetics of rose what does that mean to you what part of me always wants to go see how it shows up but each each uh species of rose may have a slightly different signature to them but there is in I'll share the the wild rose which is originally from England and this is part of the Bach remedies Dr. Edward Bach was the uh, person that says well often say discovered or put the remedies into a system for people to use I feel like these go much much further back this was in the early 1900s but wild rose in his system is really a joy remedy and it is when life just kind of feels there's a sense of dullness and day after day, and it can feel a little bit kind of like apathetic, monotonous, lost that, lost that zest for life. And so it's often brought in as one to really bring in that sense of cultivating joy, noticing joy. You think of stopping to smell the flowers. A lot of times people will picture a rose. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> ah, pleasure. I have another question actually as well. Um, I've done some craniosacral and acupuncture also. And I noticed that a lot of the energy like in my arms and legs will move, but oftentimes just due to the trauma and, you know, heartbreak and everything, um, the energy is still kind of stuck in my chest and my heart. Are there like, are the flower essences specific to like certain chakras or areas of the body to like release that energy that may be stuck? Or is it just like a flower essence that is specific to anxiety or grief or whatever? Or is it, do they work in different areas of the body? 
if that makes sense. <laughs> it definitely makes sense. And you're going to get different answers from different people on this one. I'll preface it with that. And I'll speak from my own experience and beliefs, knowing there's a few different viewpoints out there. Mm-hmm. So I feel that when we have and feel energies that are stuck within us that aren't moving as freely as they could, that there's both a balance of intelligence. That was the best our body could do at the moment was in a sense, kind of locking an area down, just to help us keep going. And when we're ready to deepen into these, this is why I do like working with flower essences too, is they can be particularly gentle at starting to open up areas. I actually did write a whole uh, guest blog post on flower essences and, and the chakras. So I definitely feel this relation because mm-hmm. chakras often relate to particular themes and thoughts and emotional states. So just related them over to the flower essences. But Yerba Santa is one that comes to mind. As for when there has been deeply held and quite painful grief that hasn't really had a full outlet. So I find Yerba Santa, some people will prescribe, there's that word popping up, interesting, suggest mm-hmm. essences based off physical sensations, or if people feel like, oh, I just have this thing in my lungs, I can't get going. And I've done all the other, you know, done all the traditional elements. Grief is often held in the lungs, not a TCM person in the sense of knowing their, their medicine, but I believe that is from TCM. Chinese medicine and in that way if anyone's ever you know is coming in with something saying I haven't felt things moving through my heart feelings feel stuck there I often get coughs often get colds yes I want to you know check for the red flags make sure they don't have pneumonia <laughs> something lingering but Yerbasante uh, is definitely one as well as borage borage is like one of the quintessential grief and heart uplifting remedies so when there's really heavy things that have stayed for a long time, I will often add one, I think of it as a catalyzer, one to help with this transformation and one or two to really soothe and support. So I'd also add, look at adding in say Star of Bethlehem, which is when we have experienced trauma, either recent or in the past. And she's a very soothing, feminine, gentle flower to help transform those feelings so those would be some that would come to mind for that that yeah definitely explore awesome thank you for answering that that's I feel like is there a way all other than taking the essences like if you went out into nature and like say picked the flowers or like kept some pieces of cedar or whatever in your home do you think like just having that around also too would help for just to make it easy for people who want to just go out and try different things and see if they help? Short answer. Yes, I am all for having more plants in our life in different ways, shapes and forms, drying flowers, having that, having that energy in our homes. And I'll add in that flower essences are kind of briefly mentioned before. Flower essences are made, I'll expand a little bit more on it now, from that peak potency moment. So from the sense of, okay, looking at a field and that whole field is absolutely full of say California poppy and like that has a feel to it. So I think of that as a dose of flower essences because you're taking it visually. So I often will suggest 
when people are working with um, essences, I'll say, put a picture of that flower on, on your phone as your screensaver. You see it often and you're cultivating a relationship with the flower. So it's a bit less of like, here's this challenging emotion, let's just squish it down. And it's a bit more, let's work with nature to transform us. So getting back to your question of bringing anything in to help them, I think cedar from a plant spirit side, that would be inviting in cedar even more just to say, hey, I wanna work with you. Mm -hmm. So from that level, it would be really helpful. And from a flower essence side, being that they're made with that peak um, potency that brings almost like the maximizing <laughs> effects of, of their medicine into play. So yeah, I bring that in and hopefully flesh that out a little more. And you offer a flower and soul program. Do you mind explaining yeah. a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So for those that want to really deepen into building this life that feels spacious, that feels calm, and especially when they're renavigating life path, this is something I see again and again. We get, we get these calls from both our body and the soul to bring in some change. Often it can be pretty big change and it can be helpful to have some support on that journey. So the Flowering Soul program is a one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm working with a person generally over Zoom or in person. And we're going to have four to six months to sink into some of these patterns that are showing up, go beneath the surface. And I, through a blend of highly sensitive soul coaching, craniosacral or embodiment work, if we're not in person, we'll, we'll do a lot more of the guided meditation side of things and custom flower essence blend that we have a container to work over time for their soul to really come through for that deeper connection to what they're here to do in the world. Hi, kitty cat. I told you there'd be a cat coming in. <laughs> as well as how do they just genuinely learn to care more for their nervous system, their highly sensitive self. A lot of people, when they learn about the trait of high sensitivity, which is present in about 15 to 20% of the population. This is a straight up nervous system trait. It's like being born with brown hair. Some of us are just born more sensitive, like the dials turned up on our, on our senses as well as our inner life. So having skills to live in the world with our sensitivities as a gift, while better learning to navigate the challenges is a pretty foundational part of a flowering soul. So yeah, it's a bit more about it. You can definitely, if anyone is curious to read a little bit more, I've got uh, plenty to sink into on my website about it at combinationhealing.ca and then just look up the top bar. There'll be Flowering Soul program there. Awesome. And I know like I'm part of your email list as well and you send out a lot of really useful information um, I do love reading them and I don't know how frequently you send that out. Is it like every week or every two weeks? But Friday for now, anyway, <laughs> at this moment, it is every Friday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you find them. Yeah. Find them helpful. Find them interesting. And it pairs fairly well with, with what we've been talking about with this idea of soothing overwhelm and anxiety. And also just the disclaimer note that any of this is just suggestions. These aren't, I'm not, in a consultation with anyone. So if you're listening to these, these are just suggestions, places to start. 
but I have a resource called the five S's to soothe your nervous system. It's five different practices. Some are practical, some are more soul-based. Also, I think of as practical, but <laughs> some are more body-based, some are more soul-based. And you can head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free. You'll find it there. If you want to hit forward slash soothe, you'll go right to it, but you'll see a few different resources and you can just pop your name and email there. And yeah, I really have a strong intention with the newsletter to be more sensitive stories than newsletter. So a lot, as you might've seen Sydney, there are a lot of stories from my own life, weaving in a practice or something to use and something to take forward in your own life. So I'm trying to have them as a helpful resource. Awesome. And you do have your own podcast as well. Um, yeah. What do you want to just explain a little bit about what it's about and especially people who have enjoyed this episode, I'm sure they'd love to tune into yours also. Sure. I'd love to connect with them. And yeah, yogurt would agree. You might hear just <laughs> yogurt meowing a little bit. She's ready for her afternoon snack. So uh, I do feature my cats on the podcast fairly often. This is a regular occurrence. And it's called the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. So it's weaving both science and spirituality for highly sensitives that are learning to navigate overwhelm in their everyday life and bring in more of both a spiritual lens as well as nervous system tools. Yeah. And I bring in a lot of, of wonderful guests and experts as well that give us a bit of a different lens into high sensitivity and, and really normalizing this. It's a wonderful gift to be sensitive and there's challenges that come with it so my intention with the podcast is to help people better navigate all of that and have some fun doing it yeah yeah it's definitely been fun for us and we're learning so much every time we interview someone and so yeah it's just really cool that we're able to do this and yeah, yeah. oh I'm super super excited for your podcast you told me about it I was like yes this is awesome I'm really yeah happy that you both are doing this and fun that both of you are doing it that's great yeah yeah it's been challenging and fun and it's so so important I think that we're all sharing these different um supports that are available for people whether they're highly sensitive whether they are going through their spiritual awakening or whether they have some sort of health situation they want to try to help find different answers for because there's so much out there and until we know that it exists we can't find it so <laughs> well said very well said yeah I'm guessing you probably both had that experience I've had it many times like I've never heard of that what is that I don't know that it exists till we find it I like that mm-hmm. yeah we're really just trying to like open people's eyes and like their hearts and their souls and explore things that are different from you know the mainstream western medicine kind of thing like I myself am interested more in this and I feel like this is my path and what I'm supposed to be doing here and so yeah it's just really cool I think the work you do is something that is so different as well like as soon as I told Lex and I was like I don't even really know what it is but we're gonna learn about it and that's so cool that every week we get to learn something new from someone so so exciting I think that is and speaking from experience to interviewing people 
it can be a lot of fun, can learn a ton. So hopefully I brought in some new knowledge and maybe a new appreciation for the plants. It's Thank a good you. next level way to bring plants into your life and to like just enhance anything that you're doing by the sounds of it. It's just something that you could really easily insert into your life to yeah enhance other modalities that you might already be using. And yeah, they're interesting <laughs> they're very very complementary to be used in yeah and with many other kind of things people are are doing and I think of them as one of the most incredible self-growth I don't want to even I was going to say they were tools but I'm like they're not a tool self-growth partners that I've ever worked with they they really they really highlight your stuff very <laughs> very gently for the most part but yeah, they're huge from both the healing, the self-awareness, the self-growth and the transformation. Uh, we're all, we have a person we are and accepting that is amazing. And then we often have someone we would like to step into a little bit more. They can help us on our journey doing that. And so for people or our listeners that are interested, because um, we have um, people that aren't in Rossland or the Kootenays, um, if they're interested in speaking with you or the Flower and Soul program, how far are you able to ship? Uh, pretty much anywhere in North America. So I say that uh, anywhere across Canada, anywhere in the States. And if they aren't in, I've worked with people literally all around the world now, which has been fantastic. What I can do is connect them with somewhere nearby that can send them the essences. So there's a number of different ways, yeah, to work with people or we start off on the embodiment and exploring through their own bodies to begin. So there's lots, yeah, lots of different options there. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Lisa, for your time and all of your knowledge. It's been awesome. I think we learned so much and we will link your website to the show notes so people can get in touch with you, but I'm assuming that's the best way to book is through your yeah, best way to find me, learn more, and book is all through the website. People can always send me an email. I've got my email right on the contact page. I have officially left social media a while ago, so I uh, you can still find my old pages there, but best way to, to find me is through mainly the Sensitive Stories newsletter and heading to combinationhealing.ca and being able to find it from there. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much. That was an amazing conversation and just so interesting to learn all these different um, things that you're doing. So thanks again. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was a lot. Thanks for listening. To support us, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. And we'll see you next week for our next episode of the Soul Connection Duo podcast.